he came out and I felt nothing. And that's very normal. I didn't know that. Um, I thought it was going to feel like a love truck like hit me. And then I was like obsessed. I didn't, I'm telling you, I didn't feel anything, which is really kind of fucked me up. And I was like, I'm the worst person on this planet. What is wrong with me? Just man's the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Just Man's the Podcast. It's your host, Amanda, and today I'm going to keep the intro short and sweet because the episode is actually kind of a lengthy one. I am interviewing Swedish celebrity and social media influencer Penny Parnovic. I actually know Penny because our dads were on the PGA tour together. So my whole childhood, I just grew up seeing and hanging out with her and her siblings. So it's really cool that I get to interview her. I'm so excited about this. Her family is major in Sweden, and they had their own reality TV show called Parnovix. Most recently, Penny competed on Sweden's Let's Dance, which is basically Sweden's version of Dancing with the Stars in the States. She is also a young mama to her little baby boy, Atticus, and that's probably why I'm so excited about this episode. We talk everything motherhood, pregnancy, being a young mom, and... Obviously, being pregnant at 22 myself, I don't know a lot of people in my position. So it was really refreshing to have a conversation with Penny about her experience because I can really relate to it. And I hope you can too. Don't worry, though, if you aren't pregnant or a young mom. We talk about a lot of other things like body confidence, body image, social media, womanhood, and a lot more. So this is an episode for everyone. All right. Like I said, keeping this short and sweet. So let's just get right into it. Okay. All right, everyone. We have Penny here. Hello. Hey. Okay. So for everyone listening, just can you kind of give them a little bit of context as to like who you are, your background, you know, where you're from, your age, things like that. Yes. So my name is Penny Parnovic and I am 23 and I know you because of our dads. So my dad, his name's Jesper and he played on the PJ tour um, and then your dad also played on the PJ tour. I don't know if they know <laughs> <Shut> that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now, does your dad play a Champions Tour? Yeah. And I've seen yeah, your dad a few times, dad. and I've seen your mom, and I'm like, where's Penny? Where's Peg? Where's I know, Flippa? I know. Yeah. So that's how we know each other. So I yeah. grew up in Florida, which feels like such a golf thing to grow up in Florida. I know. Um, but my both my parents are Swedish. Um, but I was born and raised in Florida. We would go to Sweden every summer. We speak Swedish at home. Um, so you you were raised speaking Swedish even in Florida. Absolutely, yeah. I don't even know what language I learned first, to be honest, because yeah. I know my parents just said like we literally just taught you. We spoke Swedish to you, but we kind of taught you English. So right, yeah. One time we were in the car at some, some tournament, and we were coming back <laughs> from a movie, and I remember being this like this eight year old girl, and obviously not speaking a lick of any other language but English. Yeah, yeah. And your parents like didn't understand the movie or something, so Peg started explaining it to them in Swedish. And I was like, uh-huh. what? <laughs> happening? Yeah, it was so yes. funny. Yeah, so we had a rule at home that we would only speak Swedish to our parents. And if we like tried to speak English to them, they'd be like, yeah, we don't understand what you're saying. In <laughs> so, which I'm so thankful for now, because obviously, or not obviously, but I'm together with a Swedish guy mm-hmm. and I'm hopefully maybe moving to Sweden. So it's like been very beneficial in my life. Right. And so you're there now. So you grew up in Florida, you're there now in Sweden. Yes. And yes. looking to hopefully move there? 
Yeah, I think so. I, we all know what's happening in the States right now. I don't know. I feel like growing up in the States, you have like this idea that America's like freaking amazing. And I totally mm-hmm. thought that too. Um, and then being in Sweden, I'm like, wait, everything works here. Like women and men are equal. All the school systems work. It's free. Like, I don't know. Everything just works here. Healthcare is free. Getting birth control. I got birth control here and I go there. I think it's going to be like such a complicated process. I yeah. go and they're just like, okay, like answer this question, blah, blah, blah. They like took my blood pressure and they're like, okay, so what kind of birth control do you want? And I said like this and they're like, okay, bye. And then I just picked it up and it was free for a year. I was like, this nice. is crazy. Yeah. Nice. So I kind of feel like, especially, oh, also I have a son. So I feel especially having a kid that I want him to grow up in this country. I think we'll see what happens. Is he already speaking like at all? No, he can't yeah. say anything. How old is he? Noises. He's 10 months. 10 months. Okay. I wasn't sure if he was yeah. a year. I didn't think he was. You're going to learn. Well, actually you probably already know being pregnant, like people just speak in weeks and months and it makes no sense to anyone else. Oh, I, I know. I hated when pregnant people were like, I'm in week 30. And I'm like, what does that mean? But oh, now I, I, I did the same thing. No, I know. And now I'm like all my, I mean, cause 22 and I, I went, I finished college. So all my college yeah. friends are like, can you tell me the month? Because I don't follow. Exactly. Like, I haven't been exactly. pregnant. And yeah, I was the same way. But now I'm like, yeah, I'm 24 weeks. They're like, when is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does that even yeah. mean? No, I get it. I get it. But I totally did that too. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about SCAD because I went to SCAD a year after you went to SCAD and we kind yeah. of crossed paths there, but not really because you did, you didn't finish, correct? I did not finish. No. Okay. So weird. Did you? No, you didn't finish either, right? No, I transferred. No. I was like, yeah. Okay. Not so, for me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, which is weird. Cause where did you grow up again? Orlando. Orlando. Okay. So yeah. we both grew up in Florida. We both have golf dads. We would hang out all the time on tour. Yeah. And then going to college, it's been a while since we've seen each other and yeah. then end up at the same college somehow, which is kind of crazy. I know. Um, SCAD. So I was in high school and I had like good grades and stuff, but kind of maybe like the Swedish mentality in me too. I really wanted to take a gap year. Mm. Um, just cause like, it's again, like a country that works in Sweden, like you can take a gap year, you can work, you can, um, figure out what you want to do for however long you want. Still just have a, a lot more job. relaxed. <laughs> yeah. And like, and then you apply to a school and they like want you to get in, they want you to do well, they help you out and it's free and it's really cool. But oh, so it's free? Yeah, school's for a year. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so I had the mentality kind of of that because I was like, I really want to take a gap year. But growing up in the States, I was like, I'm all my friends are going to college. I can't right. take a gap year. Um, so I didn't really know what I want to do and, or what I was good at. And then someone suggested art school because I guess I was like semi-artsy. Mm-hmm, <laughs> <school>. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I went to SCAD and toured and I actually loved it. And I loved Savannah. I don't know how you feel, but I, I still love, love Savannah. I, miss I so to this much. day, I go back and forth of like, oh, should I have transferred? Not oh, yeah. because of the school, just because of the city. No, no, no. I lifestyle. love that city so much. I miss it like crazy. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, oh, could I live there? I feel like I could. I, yes, I'm the same way. Yeah. Look, like looking at all these jobs and like, is there one in Savannah? Like, let's check exactly. that out. Exactly. So yeah, so I decided to go there and my older sister, obviously Peg, you know her, she went to a school called Washington and Lee, which is like a really great school. You need really good grades to get in there. She's two years older than me. And she had a big problem with bullying there and stuff. So she ended up um, transferring and asked me, she was like, I want to go to SCAD. Would that be okay with you? And I was like, yeah, Oh, so you went it. first. I got in first, but we went the same year. 
Okay, okay. Makes sense. Since she's two years older than me, she did a year of college and then was like, I can't stay at the school. And yeah. then she came home and applied to SCAD the same year I was like graduating gotcha. high school. So we went together and we did the whole thing that we're like, let's get an apartment together then. Let's not do dorm life. Oh, um, so you didn't do dorm life at yeah, all? Not at all. We got okay. an apartment right away, which was kind of amazing. I, Peg and I still like to talk about like our college experience because it wasn't like other college experiences where like we went to an art school, obviously, right. in a really cool city. But we lived together and we just had the best time of our lives. Like we got to learn how to paint and we met some really, really cool people. Um, I even loved like the going nightlife of SCAD because it was just very different. I miss it to this day. I miss it to this day because when I transferred to Boulder, I wanted more, I wanted less of like a job feel because I don't know if that's how you felt, but I felt like SCAD was very, you know, you're here for a career, you're here for a job. Like it's very work heavy. And I feel like if I were to do it over, I would do my first two years at a state school and then my last two years at SCAD. I get it. I get it. But when I came here, I was used to the bar scene and I was used to the club scene and I was used to like not going to sweaty frat houses. So I feel like we like felt like we were living in a movie. It was like two sisters and like we both had different periods of like being in relationships, being single, um, like being heartbroken. And like, I had my little punch buggy and we would drive around yeah. and like, sing and be like upset with life, but also love life at the same time. Yeah. Um, and we would drink wine with our girlfriends. And like, I felt like at SCAD too, we talked about really interesting things. It wasn't like college. It was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, who are you voting for in the elections? And like, right. what do you believe? And like, I don't know. It felt like very cool. I was happy with it, but my last like few months there, I had broken up with my boyfriend um, of three years. Mm. Um, He did the whole like real college experience. He went to UF and I would visit him all the time. And kind of like the thing where you think like, well, you are marrying your high school sweetheart where I was like, yeah. I'm going to marry my high school sweetheart. Right. Um, and then everything just like crashed. And I was like, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I feel like my last few months there were kind of, I don't want to say destructive, but like I wasn't getting anything out of Savannah anymore. So I was like, okay, I'm done with it. And I need yeah. to figure out something else to do. Well, it's also, I think it's hard because I, what triggered me to leave was also a breakup or maybe not yeah. the breakup, but thoughts of wanting to break up with somebody because I think it's hard to be fully present and get everything out of a situation when you're somewhere else. Like my boyfriend was going to school in Pensacola at the same time, at the same time as I was at SCAD and I would do the same thing. I would drive to him every weekend and try to make it work. And when you're, you're balancing two different lives and you don't know how to do that yet, it, it, it diminishes both of the values from you know, Savannah and wherever your boyfriend is. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm not going to say I regret it. Cause I actually loved visiting him and I loved getting yeah. that side of the college world too, where it was like super fratty and like, yeah. he was the baseball player and I would go to his games and like, we would do that whole thing. And I don't regret that at all. I do feel kind of sad that I missed out though on, like you said, like fully being there and not driving to him every single weekend and kind of like letting myself meet girlfriends or even being single, like meeting some cool guys and stuff. So I, I, that sucks, but you can't change the past. Right. Right. And then, so the reality TV thing, was that before SCAD or after SCAD? (laughs) Walk me through that timeline. (laughs) All right. So since my parents are Swedish, um, and Sweden is a very small country, uh, I think we have, we actually, I'm pretty definitely sure we have less people than Florida. Really? In our whole country, yeah. So, okay. um, 
my dad being so famous and like making it to the PJ tour and stuff makes him, I guess, really famous or really well known in Sweden. So for a lot of years, he got asked to do a reality TV show. Um, and he said no. And then he was injured for a while and kind of was just like, we were all old enough. I think I was 15 or 16 when we started. Uh, and we were kind of all old enough ish to make our own decision about it. And we were like, do we want to do it? Obviously being 16, we were like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they came over and did just like some test filming and loved it and thought it was kind of funny. Cause I guess what the twist was, was that Swedish celebrities that are like super famous in Sweden, I guess the equivalent would be like famous sports stars in the States or like, let's say like Kendall Jenner were to come stay at your house. And yeah. we had no idea who they were because we were only in Sweden during the summer. Gotcha. So okay. it was so funny that they would like come stay with us and we were like, hi, nice to meet you. What do you do? And they were like, what? So you had no idea who they were before they came? No. Some of the people we would, we knew just like because of our cousins living in Sweden and yeah. being there during the summer. But for the most part, we didn't know any of the guests, which was a funny thing for like Swedish people to watch. Um, right. And then also that Sweden, Swedish wasn't our like first language. So we would mix Swedish and English. Um, so we Which you guys up, still do. And I we try still to listen do. to your podcast and I'm kind of following. I'm kind of not. <laughs> I know, I know. But um, yeah, so we did the first season and then it was a hit and we did gosh did we do four seasons total and then we kind of felt like eventually we did it just our family like completely reality tv show mm. um and I love that we did it in it it's really intense and they're there 24 7 and you fight a lot and they pick up on a lot like when when I my ex-boyfriend that I was dating college mm -hmm. when I found out he cheated the cameras were literally there when I found out and I was like crying it was just a very hard experience for people to watch and I bet that's so weird because it wasn't like this was being broadcast to your immediate like surroundings in in Florida or in the United oh, yeah. States it was only but, people in Sweden you weren't there yeah but that's kind of actually easier because yeah I'm I'm so glad people like in Florida don't understand what our TV show is about because those are people I'm going to high school with those are probably people that are going to make fun of me for it yeah um all that stuff. So it being in Sweden, us only being there during the summer. So it's like we land in Sweden during the summer. People all of a sudden like recognize us mm -hmm. and know who we are and not having that year round, I think was like super healthy. But yeah, so we got really close with obviously the people filming. So they saw lots of sides of us. And season four was, I think a year after SCAD probably. Yeah. Right when I had decided I was not going to go to SCAD anymore, we did another season and then we were kind of like, you know what? We're all adults now. We can't be living with mom and dad. Like, right, as you can imagine, right. during quarantine, like staying yeah. with your parents too long <laughs> makes you crazy. Um, so we were staying with my parents way too long uh, filming. And we were just like, we need to figure out our own stuff in life. But I'm so, so thankful that we did it. Did you guys film while you were in college? Like, did that, how did that we work? We did. We did. There's a, we would go back during the weekends sometimes. And then there is a few Savannah episodes where my oh. parents are dropping us off at college. But that was another thing, going to a new city, starting college, no one having any idea you have a reality TV show. We didn't want people to know. Like, Oh, you didn't? No, we were so terrified people were going to know because I don't want to say it's embarrassing because I'm proud of it today, but then it was embarrassing. It was like, if they know we have a TV show, it's just going to be fucking weird. And I think it makes it hard too, because I mean, when you, when you tell people reality TV, people are like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. They want to be yeah. your friend for like, maybe yeah. not the right reasons. And like, 
then they're probably like, wait, what? We don't get it. And it just, it, it puts this like label or this kind of stereotype exactly. or stigma on you before you even get to know the person. Exactly. So it's like, I totally get that. And I think we got that at Sked anyway, because, because of our TV show, we had a lot of followers on Instagram. <clears throat> and I feel like yeah. in, in any world, but like, especially in the artsy <laughs> world, having followers is like a way to promote your art and it's a cool thing. Um, so yeah, we didn't want too much attention on us, but obviously people ended up finding out. Um, right. Yeah, no, then we were done with it. But it was the best thing that could have happened to me because it, like, as a young woman getting to, like, have worked since I was – I worked normal jobs, too, on the side at, in Savannah, too, like, at boutiques and stuff. But mm-hmm. having, like, to make – getting to make money and then getting the chance to, like, I'm work with social media and me and my sister started a podcast and – just like having chances to do really, really cool stuff. I'm really thankful for today. So then after, after you decided that you didn't want to go to SCAD anymore, what was your plan from there? Did you have a plan or? Oh my God. I had zero plans. Yeah. I was single and I was like, I don't want to be here. I know that much. Yeah. Um, and actually so funny. There was like a restaurant in Savannah. I, I forget what it was called. There were me and one of my girlfriends were sitting at the table and we had gotten the rest, like, um, the check to pay and we had signed or whatever and on our check that we were supposed to keep we were like we're gonna write down what we want for the like out of life just forever like what do we want and we were just both like super heartbroken and not sure what was going yeah. on with life and we did have you, have you heard of secreting no okay so it's like this book or this movie where what I guess whatever you're telling the universe whatever you hope for whatever you like put out there is what you're gonna get in return gotcha and I, don't, manifest I don't yeah, exactly. So I don't know if I believe in that, but I believe like whatever you're working towards is probably hopefully what where you'll get. Um, so I wrote down all the stuff that I want. And today it's almost like creepy seeing what I was writing down. I was like, I want to meet a Swedish guy that lives in the States. I want to, um, I want to have a baby. I want to get married. I want to do all these things like very young. Um, and I explained also Douglas, who's my fiance, I explained him to the T of like how he is of the type of person. It was weird, but also I, I don't know if I believe in that kind of stuff. No, that's crazy. I kind of believe in that because I feel like yeah. even if like, it's not, you know, the universe giving you those things, it's like, you're putting it down in a list. So already your mind is like implicitly looking for that thing. Do you know what I mean? I, I think it put me in a situation because I was cheated on. And I feel like that made me kind of question like, my confidence or totally. all these things about me. And I feel like I wrote down what I was like, this is what I deserve in my life. And I think from then on out, that's all I accepted too. Yeah, so like, totally. Douglas being super similar to this guy that I was describing is kind of also like, maybe that's all I was accepting at the time. It's like, I only accept right. someone who treat me like this. Right. So yeah. if anybody's listening, go to a restaurant <laughs> with your friend and then write what you want in a receipt. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I want to get into a little bit of your social media because is that you like your full-time job? That's my full-time job. So after college, I just, we kept doing the TV show and then I kind of was like, I need to get more serious about social media because it'd be stupid not to right. maximize on this opportunity I have that not a lot of people get. Yeah. Um, and something that's kind of interesting is in Sweden, having a job as an influencer is actually like a... I don't want to say a really respected job because that might be taking it too far, but it is like a respected job. People don't really look down on you. It's not like only hot girls who pose in bikinis or influencers. Like people don't make fun of you or degrade you for what you are. Like it's seen as like you are a full on 
business woman or man and obviously there's people that judge you but it's very different here and it's since it's a smaller country if you're an influencer maybe like the majority of the country maybe follows you or knows who you are there's kind of more opportunity to work with brands who are swedish and like kind of like this own niche of influencers that are just working with brands and stuff in sweden and i love that yeah yeah it's, it's cool it's cool it's different in the states because the states are so big so it's kind of hard to compare i guess i think the states are so uptight too and very old-fashioned in the way oh, that yeah. they view work and it's like yeah it doesn't instead of looking at change as like a good thing and like oh things are changing let me kind of shift my perspective and see what that's all about it's like no what are you doing why are you doing that that's different from what i'm doing it's a very like yeah. rigid like no you can't really get out of the boundaries in a way i feel like also being hanging out with more swedish people being more like embracing my culture as a swedish person i've realized that like it's not even a question here if you are a feminist or not you just are and it's not a question here of if you were to like judge a girl for making money on instagram you'd be like that's amazing i'm so proud of you like you go do that or judge a girl for being in a bikini, it's if like let's say a girl posts bikini pictures, you're not like, oh, she's not smart, so that means she can't like go to college or she can't do this. It's a whole different culture of like slut shaming and mm-hmm. feminism and everything like that. So that's why sometimes my mind gets blown when I go back to the states. I'm like, oh yeah, no, this is how people think over there. I, I totally- bet, and I and I bet that speaks to why you have decided to you know want to move there and raise yeah. your kid there because you're probably yeah. like, the older I get, it's just I don't want to waste my time over these things. Absolutely. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, social media. I mostly just because of the TV show, we got a lot of followers. Mostly Swedish followers? Basically, all Swedish followers, besides people that were in my high school or like from my town, maybe people would, I quote unquote, know me. I don't mean it like that, but maybe right, like right. know of me. Um, and then my Instagram actually got hacked. I and remember that. Got, do you remember that? And it got deleted and I had to start over. And that was like one of the best things that could have happened to me because now my, like, I don't know if you know, like analytics and engagement right and all this yeah. stuff is like 99.99% Swedish, which is really good for me. Cause then when I show brands that are Swedish, like this is who follows me and like right. this is how much they engage, they see like that's super beneficial for them because it's mostly Swedish people and Americans can't or probably won't buy their stuff because it's so far away i feel like too when you have when you get hacked and then you have to rebuild it's like you you're it you're almost more confident that those people who are following you now are more loyal absolutely and like it gave me a chance to like refocus everything to be like what do i want to do with social media um and like do is this something i want to make money off of and i've gone like back and forth with that for years even especially when i was pregnant i was like is this what I want to be doing? Because I feel yeah. like you have like existential crises when you're pregnant. You're like, yeah. I'm becoming a mom and I need to yep. do this and this and this. Um, and it stressed me out. But actually having Atticus made me like even more being like, I want to work. I want to make money. I love the fact that I can work from home and that's my job. Right. Tell me this then. So the one thing I love about your Instagram and, and your sister's Instagrams too, I think yeah. I don't know if this is a Swedish thing and a Swedish con- Swedish concept, maybe it is, but you guys are very unfiltered and very raw and very yeah. transparent. And I kind of want you to speak on whether that's a Swedish thing and like a lot of people do that in Sweden, or if that's just something that you guys really value and aren't afraid to show. I think it's both. I think it's totally like an us thing, but I've even just growing up, I've realized that like my family was way more open than people I grew up around or like 
we were open to talk about sex or drinking or all the stuff like were conversations we could easily have with our parents, no problem. Um, so in general, I think we're more open. And I would say like the most famous influencers here um, would be like, let's say the equivalent of like Kendall and Kylie Jenner. Mm-hmm. It would be as if they are being completely transparent with you, telling you everything about their life, like kind of having no secrets. Obviously some keep things you keep private, but I would say most people do that here and I love it. I love mm. to follow that because you really know what's going on with each other's lives. And both me and my sister are like, both my sisters are super transparent on Instagram and try to be a hundred percent ourselves if that's possible. I know it's, I know it's obviously just a tiny part of our life anyway, but. Right. But I mean, like, I just remember when you were pregnant, like, and after you gave birth, like you showed pictures of your boobs leaking in public and that was yeah. like, you know, <laughs> totally normal. Yeah. Or like even like herpes outbreaks and you normalize that. And it's, I, yeah. I mean, I love that. I think that's great. That's what I try to do my, on my platform. But yeah. I guess I just want to know, did that confidence come easy just from how you were raised or did you kind of have to work at it? I think both. So like, I, I see my mom as super confident and I feel like I got a lot of that, but like my older sister, she has totally struggled with her confidence throughout her life. And so have I, of course, but um, on, I guess on different levels. But I think for her, it's empowering to share how she looks or who she is or just being authentic because it gives her like power over herself. And I think for me, it's just been like, I love being an open book. Like I love if I meet a stranger, I have no problem telling them about my sex life or like anything. I really, that's just me. And so I would think social media would be so boring and like tragic if I had to be like this perfect version of anyone. I see a trend in general, I think, of just people who have this, like, the perfect Instagram feed with the perfect filters and everything. I don't see them lasting very long or it going anywhere, to be honest. I think what people really like to see on Instagram, and this is what I've noticed in the States, is I think, like you said, a lot of people don't, aren't raised in those families that are open or uh, transparent unless, honestly, their parents are foreign. Like, my my, my boyfriend's yeah. parents are both from different countries, one's from South Africa and one's from Mauritius. And he was raised in a very sex positive, like family, very open, talk about whatever. And I noticed that like, when I went to college, a lot of my friends were like, what you're talking about orgasms like I've one I've never yeah. had one two I've never talked about it with my oh friends my gosh, like do you know the amount of American friends I have that haven't had an orgasm I'm like what and I think it's because no one talks about it and no yeah, one knows they should be having them you know what I mean oh my god no like totally totally I think because it's a little more foreign to Americans I think that's why people yeah. are so drawn to it I feel like it's it's a process for everyone too like obviously when I was 15 I wanted my Instagram to be freaking cool and I wanted yeah. to like oh, take totally. the the like urban outfitters hipster pictures and that was like the coolest thing I knew yep Um, Coachella was like I need to yeah exactly (laughs) um but I feel like I've just I've grown up a lot and I've I've gotten really into like activism and just learning new things and being honest and I don't know I think social media is so cool also because like you and I when did I see you last? It must have been at call in college then. Yeah, college. I mean, the last we time I really for the same kids, and I we did a like a swap one time where I was yeah. like, "Hey, I'm picking them up," and you're like, "I'm dropping them off," and we just yep. switched. And I think that really was the last time I saw you. I think so too. Yeah. And so that being like what now, four or five years ago or something? Yeah, at least four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
what's cool about it is like all of a sudden I, I, I know a lot about your life, probably not everything, but I, yeah. I follow you on Instagram. I have read your blog. I've watched your YouTube videos. I get to like keep up with you as like this person I grew up with. And also what I think is cool in, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but like, I didn't know. And maybe you're just like me where you've like learned new stuff and are embracing it just with like everything going on with black lives matter. I was like, no offense, but I was like, Amanda posted about Black Lives Matter. That's really cool. I did not think you would do that for some reason. That's the cool thing that social media can allow you. It's like, for me, I constantly learn from social yeah, media and yeah. I constantly am checking myself. And I think, I, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think this is the first time that I've really used my platform for activism yeah. and yeah. I haven't really stepped into it before, but I feel like it's given me the the opportunity to like learn and hear what people are saying and kind of yeah. take it inward. And I'm such an inward person, introspective person. So like, I think having this platform is, is allowed me to, to share and, and also learn and then show people my journey. So people can probably like, like you said, like you wouldn't have probably expected that from me before, but now that you see no. it's like, there's a journey and that's, what's really cool about being open on social media. And I like it too. Cause like in my eyes, you've been like this kind of like American girl next door like you grew up in Orlando and I know we like when we played together you would like wear justice and you would cheer (laughs) (laughs) and you like oh yeah um we like you were very quote-unquote like normal you know what I'm saying like like your typical American girl and now you're writing about Black Lives Matter I think that's really cool because I promise you the girls that I grew up with who are my age now would never even like, I, I doubt they barely even know what's going on or let alone care. No. And that's the thing. It's like, I think what I want to do with my platform and why I've had so much fun with it is because I've always been such an open book, but I feel like it's, it's really cool to, I don't want to say gain the respect and then like trick people, but like gain the respect of being open and knowing that this is a place where people can go to, to learn and really like get the real the real truth behind things and then like hit them with like, okay, and now this is what I like believe in, or like, this is what I really want to stand for. Do you know what I mean? Like if you, if you are more honest, people are going to be more apt to hear what you say. They're going to be more receptive. Yeah. I mean, I've seen your blog posts about sex and stuff and I'm like, and this is given, I don't know you at all. Yeah. Yeah. Just like (laughs) grown up together and I haven't seen you for at least four years, but you like wrote something about sex on your blog and I was like I love this I would never have thought that you would have done that um and I thought it was awesome I love it yeah and so I think I I just that's I feel like that's why I love following you and your sisters because you guys are very just open with your bodies and your sexuality and just everything and and again I always I keep saying this but like I think it's for me the way that I looked at it is like oh that's definitely the sweeter side of them because I don't see a lot of a lot of people but um, going back to like the social media thing, you guys are really vocal about body image. And I think you guys are a good resource for young women who might struggle with that. So same with the confidence thing. Was there, was there ever a time in your life where you struggled body image where you maybe posting made you feel better or helped you get over it or what? Absolutely. I didn't realize it. Cause I kind of, I feel like any young girl growing up has issues with their body or want to change certain things or like strive to be skinny or whatever it is like we all grew up doing that so I didn't think that I had issues with my body image because I was just like that's just the norm like people obviously everyone wants to look a certain way and like that's how it's supposed to be but now I realize that's not at all how it's supposed to be um so I think as a teenager I was actually really insecure about my body um I think a lot of stuff I would do as a teenager was to be attractive for guys and not mm. for like myself. Um, 
and after dating my ex and just kind of like that whole culture of how it was at UF and like a big college, like the whole attitude there is like, oh, do you have like a hot girlfriend? Um, what does she look like? Is she not too much? Is she not like a bitch? Is she not annoying? Like, oh, like trying to become like this mold that is this American guy's dream girl. Yeah, it's and an I, image. Yeah, and I, I feel like for those years, I totally bent and like tried to become that. And I, I don't want to say like, I still was myself in a way. I, I, I'm so like, I don't regret any of those years because they're so important in my life. But I am sad when I think about like, who was I then? Like, I was just this like, mirror of what I was supposed to be in, in his eyes or in people around his eyes. Um, so I was totally insecure. And then I think what actually really brought me over the edge is that my sister's super vocal about this. So I don't think she has a problem with me saying it, but she has had bulimia without any of us knowing. Um, and she ended up coming out with that in our podcast. Um, so she recorded an episode without me knowing, released it. Cause she said that was the only way she felt she could say it. Cause she couldn't say it to our faces. She was like, I needed you guys to know. And I needed everyone to know, like to be able to maybe like hold me accountable because she was scared and she was like but I couldn't say it to you guys so I had to do it this way and I'm so sorry um she let out a podcast episode on you guys' podcast without even telling you yep and so I listened to it obviously and was crying the whole time I was like I can't believe that I in a way I maybe knew but didn't know at all um and my parents got to find like it was just that was the turning point for me. It was like, I'm never going to talk bad about my body again. I'm never going to talk bad about other people's bodies again. And I'm going to commit to like learning about fat phobia or like what the norms are, what the standard is and kind of do everything I can to like break away from that. And I like to say too, I, I do show pictures of like my stomach rolls on Instagram or how my body looked after pregnancy and all that stuff. But I do like to say that I am like a white skinny girl. So obviously it is easier for me to like be proud of my body because people don't hate my body but I do still feel that I I do still feel for myself at least it's important to show what I actually look like and who I am that is something that I've, I've seen on your Instagram is you post pictures of your of your stomach rolls and after yeah. after pregnancy and whatever yeah what what was the intention behind that like did you want women to look at that and get a message yeah, so there was one time, the first time I posted something like that was I was in Florida at my parents' house, and I was in a bikini, we were out on the beach, and I was tra- trying to take a picture for Instagram, and I was not happy with any of the pictures. I was like, I don't, I don't like the way I look at all, um, and I kind of caught myself and realized how, how like brainwashed that is and how like yep. messed up that is. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I don't care that I didn't like this picture. I am posting it because I'm so over feeling like hating myself. That's not okay. So I posted it. Um, and I got a lot of positive feedback, which I think I usually don't actually like read comments that much or care if I get hate or positive comments. I try to like have a healthy distance from social media, but I think in a way, and I don't think it's wrong. That helped me a lot to get positive feedback from that picture and being like, okay, why are we all holding each other to these standards? Because apparently like a thousand comments of women loving this means that we all don't want to look like the same or this one norm that no one can reach to or this ideal. Right. And I think that's why people are so drawn to it is because they may, they might not have the confidence to do that themselves. Yeah. Or maybe they just were like you or they didn't even realize that they were, you know, 
hating their bodies and and taking pictures and being like, oh, I don't like that. So I think over the last few years, I've been really into body confidence and body image and just Uh being super vocal about, you know, your, your body is what your body is. And it's there for you to function and it's there for you to live, like be grateful for the things that it does do. But I think, I think what triggered me to maybe be more vocal is the fact that my body changed from high school. You know, in high school, I would say I was skinny. I mean, I was very active and I was sporty and I had, was like lean and, and, and muscular. And then when I got yeah. to college, you know, I was going out more, I was having fun. I was enjoying my yeah. life. You, you naturally, one, your body changes as you mature and two, Absolutely. your lifestyle changes. So your body's going to change. And, I, and think- I love what you said too. It's like, I was going out more. I was having fun. I yeah. was having I was living my life. And that's like what I strive to. If whatever my body looks like, if I am living my life and having more fun, that's what I wanted to look like because that that's the goal, isn't it? Life is too short to count like calories instead of memories. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like it's, yeah. it's, you have to value the things that actually like mean something and uh-huh. matter instead of what your body looks like in the time. Cause I guarantee, I guarantee you, you're the only person who's recognizing those things by your body. I've also gotten very, very like committed and promised myself that I will speak up if I feel like someone's saying something like, and it doesn't have to be negative, but around my friends, if they're talking about calories or that they want to be skinny or that they feel fat and all this stuff, I say like, guys, do we have nothing more interesting to talk about? This is the most boring conversation I've ever had. Or I'll exactly. just be like, I, I don't talk like that. So I'd rather remove myself from this conversation right just because I want people to realize how how like ingrained in us that that's normal to talk like that and that should not be normal that should be totally uh, not at all even for like I you're having a baby boy even for my son like I know this is more of an issue for young girls but I don't want him to grow up thinking that about his body or about other people's bodies I'd want that to not be his the way he talks like my sister's 16 years old and her generation is super consumed with, with social media and the phone and just being like my sister's screen time during, she's probably going to hate me for saying this, her screen time during quarantine was like 10, 10 hours. And I'm like, dude, like this is just their generation. They're spending so much more time on the phone. And I think if, if, you know, people like you can just continue to speak out on, on body image and and body confidence and being real and honest about it and showing pictures of maybe your stomach rolls or whatever, I think it it can subconsciously change the narrative for people. And then, like you said, people might not start talking about that at brunch because it's not a thing going on on their phones or it's not like a, if you can change the narrative in your phone, we're probably not going to have those conversations in our personal lives. I sure hope so. I really think that's, I think that's where we're going. I think we're a really long way, but I've, I've noticed even like, even talking about diets and stuff, like maybe this is also a Swedish thing, but it's, it's less and less. I don't hear it as much as I used to hear it every single day. And I think too, for me, it's, I had to check myself at one point when I was trying to get more into YouTube and you go on YouTube and a lot of, a lot of what my interests are, are health and wellness and fitness and lifestyle and just beauty and feeling good and looking good. And I think when you kind of fall into that niche, you, you see a lot of what I eat in a days. And for me, and it's so bad. Yeah, it's so bad because I, like, I know I don't think at first that I realized that I was watching those things to compare what they were eating to the amount that I was eating. Yeah, absolutely. not to get not to get fucking meal ideas. I'm, no. I, I know what I know what I want to eat. Like, <laughs> come yes, on, absolutely. We know what we want to eat every every second of the day. Yeah, it wasn't that. It was because I was comparing my meals to them, and I think 
that I had you a can watch a cooking show if you want to find a new recipe exactly you don't need what I read a book today. read a book yeah exactly I think I think what I checked myself was I was like I don't want to be creating like because I would I would create what I eat in a days and yeah. I don't think that I had the intention of you know someone's going to be watching this and comparing their meals to mine I didn't I didn't want to even put that thought in someone's head. So I, yeah. I like deleted all my, what I eat in a days and I'm not doing those anymore. And I think, I think it's important that we, you know, it's not that we do those things in the first place. It's that we do those things and then we realize, realize. Like, maybe that's not okay. Maybe that's yeah. not something that we should be doing. And I just think, I think you need to constantly check yourself and, and understand the narrative that you're, you're, you're promoting and accepting because I think it's really, it can be really pivotal to some people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think my biggest thing right now that I feel like, and it's, it's so hard to balance this, but I feel like I am not honest enough about motherhood on my social media. Um, I am super honest and my, my YouTube's in Swedish. So I feel like I'm really honest there and my podcast I'm really honest as well. But if you were to just look at my Instagram page, I feel like I could be way more genuine than I am. And I think that's also for myself. Like I do like taking very cute pictures um, as a mom and with Atticus because it makes me feel good like every day. But I, I, I think I could maybe find a new way to be (laughs) a little bit more truthful about what my everyday looks like. Yeah. And I think, I think just the fact that you say that and like, you're honest about that Uh speaks to the fact that you know, you have good intentions behind your Instagram. And I think, I think it just speaks to what you're trying to promote on your Instagram as well. What are some tips that you would give to some women who are struggling to either practice self-love or just overcome body image and get more confidence? Oof. I would say that knowledge is power and learning about why we feel this way or like what we've been taught. And also I've learned to start asking myself, who makes money off of me hating myself? And like, mm. I've started to realize certain things when I've like, when I'm like, fuck, I feel this or like, I feel ugly or, oh my God, I didn't shave my legs, which I like shaving my legs, but yeah. is that like- Love hate relationship for me. Exactly. <laughs> if that like ruins my whole day, then I'm like, fuck, I forgot to shave my legs. I'm like, who makes money off of me hating that I have like a little bit of stubble off my legs? Um, so I feel like reading up and learning is really cool. I feel- like following people on Instagram and also unfollowing people on Instagram mm-hmm. that don't make you feel good. And that's no offense to them. Sometimes I have follow people that are like really, really good people and I like them a lot. It's just that their Instagram makes me feel bad about myself. Yeah. I think also I kind of have the mentality of like life is too short. I don't, what other choice do I have than to like who I am? Cause I can't change that much. Like, and I know today you can change a lot. And if you feel like doing that do it, but I I want to like myself. And so if I, I, if I catch myself saying something negative about myself, I usually literally, which is so lame, but like go back in the mirror and I'm like, just kidding. You're so cute. <laughs> you're the best. <laughs> JK, JK. Uh, just kidding. And uh, I tell myself constantly, I think also becoming a mom, not that you should have a baby to become confident, but <laughs> made me really confident in the way that I was like, women are fucking cool. I don't need to have a perfect nose. I don't right. care what you say, or I don't even have a perfect stomach. Do you know what I accomplished in a day? <laughs> Dude. And that's a thing too. It's like, I think if we start changing the narrative towards young women that, you know, mark your value and measure your value off of what you can do, what your body oh can do, how you can make someone feel 
what you can do for somebody else, the relationships that you have with somebody else, the, the foot that you're putting forward, like just, it's more, it should be more about what you're doing, not what you look like. And I think when you yeah. start to focus more on like what you look like, you lose, like you just compromise some of your, your personality through that. Yeah. And when I say like gain knowledge, I mean like just starting from when you were literally born and when people started talking to you, every conversation you've had is like, she's so pretty. She's mm-hmm. so cute. Oh, she's going to be a troublemaker when she's older. Like people say stuff like that and it sticks with you. And the first thing you go to compliment a little girl is her outfit and that she looks pretty or she looks cute. Um, and it's not really like anything about her worth or what she's good at or asking her what sport she likes or what she likes to do in her free time. Um, or if, she likes school. Um, so it's kind of really built into us. And that kind of like that a lot, I think a lot of men have the narrative of like what we're supposed to look like. If you see who owns most of these brands that are the biggest in the world, it's men that own them. So they kind of get to decide what, what like box we're supposed to form into. Yeah. And when you realize that it's kind of empowering to like totally fight against it. Okay. So I want to get into motherhood now. Um, Ooh. So I just, one thing that I really admire about you is I First feel like, thank you. That's thank awesome. you. I know. And that's for everyone listening, like I'm six months pregnant. So that's why I'm so yeah. interested in motherhood. Um, yeah. But I just, I think what I admire about you is, is you stepped into motherhood at such a young age and yes. granted I will too, but I feel like not saying that I was graceful because obviously it's motherhood is very messy. Oh my gosh. But I, I think that, I, I guess I just want to hear your perspective on what it was like to step into motherhood at such a young age, because it's not for everybody and not everybody wants to do it, but you did. And I just, I I'm did. really curious. I did. So I was, I think I was the same age as you when I got pregnant. I, I want to say I was 21. Are you 21? I was, so I was 21 when I conceived in 22 uh-huh. when I found out that I was pregnant. Okay. Okay. So I was 21 when I found out I was pregnant and I was 22 when I had Atticus. Um, but we actually, it was planned, which people are like, what? (laughs) Why would you plan to have a baby at 21? (laughs) Um, so my fiance is a lot older than I am. He's 17 years older than me. Um, and I always knew I wouldn't have kids very young. I had loved kids and I want tons of them. Um, so that's just like what I saw in my life. And it wasn't like I would just do that just with anyone. Like it was for me very important to find someone that's like, this is the person that's I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. Yeah. So I felt that. I want to say instantly, but also in a way it like relationships take work, but I felt like Douglas is the person I want to do life with for the rest of my life, um, in good times and in bad. So we started trying to get pregnant and we got pregnant on the first try. <laughs> um, and, uh, I was super excited. I can't say I loved being pregnant. I think I forgot a lot. Like they say that you do. I, I have, um, I kind of thought pregnancy was going to be different than it was it's a lot of not like physically not feeling good. Like you literally feel like you're going to throw up or like your stomach hurts or like when they kick, like, it's not like, Oh, he kicked me. It's like, Ow. I know. I know. People are, that's like the number one question that people ask me. They're like, what does it feel like? I'm like, it feels like a muscle twitch or gas. Like, it's- Oh no, but soon I'm sure people have already told you this soon. It will feel like someone is like, yeah kicking yourself it's crazy and I, I would just say it literally feels like I don't know the person there is some sort of alien in my yes I 
described I, it to one of, one of my friends the other day. I was like, it's like an alien inside of me. Cause yeah. sometimes yeah. you'll see, you'll see the baby move oh my God, in your stomach. So and it's like, weird. what is that? Yeah. But I, I love the idea of being pregnant and like, I loved having a stomach. I thought that was really cool. Um, and all that stuff. Then when he came, I texted you and I found out you were pregnant. And I, what I hate most is people giving so much advice when they find out you're pregnant yeah. and thinking that they know best. And that's just the worst because no one knows best about motherhood. But what I've realized is there's a lot of stuff I learned that I wish kind of someone maybe told me or I wish was talked about more often was more normal to say. During pregnancy? Both. Okay. When he came, mostly after, mostly after he was born. Or, he came out and I felt nothing. And that's very normal. I didn't know that. Um, I thought it was going to feel like a love truck like Kimmy. And then I was like obsessed. I didn't, I'm telling you, I didn't feel anything, which is really kind of fucked me up. And I was like, I'm the worst person on this planet. What is wrong with me? I that is my, I'm not going to lie. Like that has been one of my biggest fears. Cause I yeah. know that that happens and I, you're right. It's not talked about enough in a normal way. Like I know that it happens, but it's not like it's a normal thing that people say. No, people don't say it. And you're going to learn this when, when he comes, you're supposed to say that it's the best thing that's ever happened to you. You've never been happier in your life. He's just like a gift and oh my gosh, the days are just wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not going to be, it's not going to be true. It's going to be true in a way. Absolutely. But it's, gosh, it's different than I thought it was going to be. But I, mind you, I want three more kids. So I love yeah. being a young mom, but it was just different. And I think those are the type of things that like, I think it's cool that we get to talk about it. And I think maybe our generation will talk more about it, but in my mom's generation, everything, you just do it and it's, it's all yep. good. And being a mom is awesome. Uh, so yep. he came out, I didn't feel anything as in like, I didn't feel anything towards him <laughs> and they put him on my chest and I was kind of just like, uh, I don't know yep. what this is. I was crying. So I, I was happy. Um, and it, I would say it took a while, but I will tell you this. I had an instinct to protect him right away. Yeah. So as soon as the nurses took him out of the room to like do the normal stuff that they do, the checks or wash him off or whatever, I felt like, is he okay? Is he going to die? That's also very scary. I would say your, your fear and your worry is stronger than any love you've ever felt in your life. You think this baby is going to die every second of the day. And it's terrible. You like what you get superpowers. You walk into a room and things you would have never noticed, like a nail in like the corner of the wall. You're like, that could fall and land on his head and he'll die. <laughs> and it's so fucked up. It's you feel so dark and so alone. And I would say maybe I, dads feel it, but I would say maybe not as strong. And I feel like there's a lot of pressure on moms to like know what they're doing. And I was like, I'm freaking 22. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm already such a hypochondriac. So I'm, <laughs> I'm sure I will feel that to an ex like a heightened extent. I'm um, totally hypochondriac too. So it's, 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 yeah. I feel yeah. Like okay. But so before we get into more like of the, of the birth and everything, you, you talked about like, you, you know, you were expecting to be hit by a love truck and, and yeah. you weren't. So for pregnancy then, did you have, like you said, did you have expectations for pregnancy that weren't what you actually experienced? Absolutely. I know, but I will tell you, I've understood that actually people have obviously very different pregnancies, but 
I know women that genuinely do love being pregnant, like a lot. Yeah. And well, they... that's kind of me. I, I've had a very easy pregnancy, like no okay, nausea, no anything. Yeah. That's so, amazing. Yeah. So I know some people that like kind of feel better pregnant. Like they get less headaches yeah. and they feel all around, they get better skin, their hair's better. I was not the type of person, like I got a lot of acne, um, I just like I I was in pain like all the time it felt like uh, I was super nauseous like all the all the symptoms that you can get I would say I got and then like I think also having your first kid you're just in general like everything's a big question mark you have no mm-hmm. idea what's happening to your body why you're literally like reading the app 24 7 oh yeah <laughs> um, the bump app is like my best friend yeah yeah um so so I would say it's different but I it's true what they say you forget because now I'm like, I miss being pregnant. It was amazing. Yeah. And like, I want my belly back. So I think that's pretty cool though about women. Like that I, in the moment was like, I told Douglas, I was like, remind me that I hate being pregnant. And then now yeah. I'm like, no, I didn't say that. I love yeah. being pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is interesting. So would you say that then pregnancy wasn't like super easy for you? It wasn't super easy for me, but also I have nothing to compare to. I, right. I'm sh- like, it's so hard. Cause I, I'm sure people have had way worse pregnancies and I'm sure people have had, or I know people have had way easier pregnancies. So I'd say pregnancy in general is just like eh, in the middle. I loved being pregnant. I loved having a belly. I loved feeling like a mom, but I hated like the physical pain of it. And then, so birthing experience, did yes. you have a vaginal birth? I did. And it was okay. amazing. Okay. Best. Okay, I would if and this is not me forgetting. I remember my birth and I will tell you every day I if I could give birth 100 times I would. Like I No, I've never birth. heard that from anybody. Yes, I loved giving birth. It was the coolest day of my freaking life. Um and I took an epidural, so that's a huge part of it cuz yeah. I felt I felt like I felt the contractions and that was like insane. You can't even explain them how bad they hurt. But I took an epidural and I was against the epidural at first. Oh, okay. I yeah, cuz my mom had all of us four kids natural or natural as in vaginal and no epidural. Yeah, your mom's superwoman. Yeah, and I feel like like just like you say she's superwoman. I feel like there's like a prestige in like doing that. Yeah. And so I feel like I was not expected because like obviously my mom doesn't care what I do if yeah. I have an epidural not but I felt like this pressure on me like I need to be able to do that okay uh, I need to be able to handle that and that makes me a strong woman or like that makes me super woman um and then I felt the first contraction I was like what the fuck is this getting me the epidural yeah. right now yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I I feel like it's a part of my personality too I don't like to plan so the whole birthing plan thing I was like honestly let's see what happens. I didn't want to say like, I wanted an epidural. I didn't want to say I didn't. I didn't want to say I wanted a C-section. I didn't want to say I didn't. Like all of it. I was just like, whatever I feel in the moment, like let's, let's do that. And like, let's figure that out. Cause I'm scared. I like, don't know what's going to happen. Um, and so that's how I took the whole birthing experience. And I, I loved giving birth. I thought it was so cool. How long was your labor? It was short. So I feel like mine I feel like my birth was like maybe like one of the most ideal ones, but I got induced and I don't know if you know this, but in the States you can choose to get induced. That scared me knowing that, but I, it was awesome. At least in Florida. I don't know how it is everywhere else in Florida in week 39, you can choose to get induced if you want. And the hospitals like you, they like you to do that because they're like, we know you'll have a safe birth. Mm -hmm. We know we like have all hands on deck. We know what time you're coming in. Like we have control of everything. And for us, it's just nice because it's like, you don't come in randomly in the middle of the night and your water's broken. Like you're, 
you're, we know when you're getting. So they broke your, your water for you. They broke my water. And I was so scared of that. I was on YouTube all night before. (laughs) And I was like, this is so crazy. And like, they take this needle between their fingers and put it up your vagina. And I was so scared of that. I was like, this is going to hurt worse than ever. <laughs> you, you don't feel it. It feels literally like nothing. Are you like before. scared of doctors or hospitals or anything? Or are you totally um, okay I'm okay with it, but I'm scared. I don't like, I'm scared of pain. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I don't like pain at all. Um, it, who does? But you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I, I, I have a low pain tolerance. Right. Um, so that was like my biggest fear. But all the things I was most scared of didn't happen and weren't yeah. scary. And then the things that I like, didn't really thought about, think about was like, oh my God, that was so scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, kind of like when he was born, I was like, I didn't really think that I wouldn't like him. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> That's yeah. I, that didn't cross my mind. What do I do now? <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I, I think my pregnancy I'm, or my birth is really awesome. I'm, I'm happy it was like that. So how, how many hours was it then? Okay. So I came labor. in at, I came in at like 6am and we like brought all of our cozy stuff and I packed way too many clothes and like yeah. only super cozy stuff. I watched every YouTube video on the planet of like what to bring to the hospital. Right. And like also that kind of stuff is so individual. You'll figure it out on your own. Yeah. But, um, and then my mom and dad came with me and Douglas and so we got, we checked in and we got a room and they kind of like gave me IV drops and stuff. And then they induced me at like 7 a.m., which basically just means they start giving you like basically medicine in your arm that's going to start giving you kind of contractions or like start. Was the it Pitocin? Pitocin, exactly. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that hurt at all. I like I could, this is before epidural everything. I could see okay. it and I'm sure this is different, but I could see my contractions happening on the screen and I was oh. like, this doesn't even hurt. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, so for me, that was fine. Um, then he was, the doctor came in and I had a male doctor also. And I, I didn't know how I felt about that, but he was really cool. And he came in and was like, you look like you're having way too good of a time. We need to break your water because like you're supposed to be giving birth. Um, and so he breaks my water and boom, like contractions start happening like that. And it was the mm. fucking worst thing I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> and they just said like, do you want an epidural? I was like, Abs- uh, please. Absolutely. Yeah. They gave me an epidural and like, once they gave me an epidural, maybe it took a few minutes and then I was totally fine. So then when, when was he born? Oh yeah, right. Sorry. That was your question. My, sorry. So <laughs> se- seven, they gave me Pitocin and it, that's what it's called, right? Yeah. Pitocin. Well then the epidural. Pitocin and epidural. Yeah. So they gave me Pitocin at 7 a.m. and he was out by 11 a.m. Are you serious? Yeah. So that's really short because considering like all the stuff in between, it was just really fast and really nice. So I I guess I'm just wondering how, why did you choose to get induced instead of waiting? I was so tired of being pregnant. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And I was just so scared. There's so many question marks and like being pregnant and becoming a mom like there's so much you don't know and you're not prepared prepared for and I felt guilty because I was like am I kind of I don't believe in God but I was like am I playing God by choosing the day my kid's gonna be born like right. it's just because I don't want to be pregnant is that kind of fucked up but I would do it over and over again because from that moment on the moment he's out you have like no control anymore and your life is so different I love that I can control all the moments up to there um, and be calm and be with like choose the people that I want to be with me in the room and like enjoy enjoy that day and um, like Douglas and my dad were playing cards so I was like had my epidural and like we were yeah. all just having a really good time um, and then uh, and then after I just like that I could like 
I don't know. I liked the day in general. I like ordered pizza and like to the hospital and we just (laughs) took it easy. And I just was like full blown shocked at becoming a mom. So I just tried to control the things I couldn't control. I am so glad that you brought that up because I think control and and the need for control when you're pregnant is such a real thing because I, I tend to be like, I love planning things and I tend to be way more of a control freak. And so this pregnancy, I've really felt like my sense of need to be controlling is heightened. There's like nothing you can control. And I think that's also hard. I would say harder being a young mama, I think, because you're young and you're comparing your lives to like all the people around you, all your friends and seeing what they do. And their life kind of has to do with no control Mm -hmm. and just kind of being able to do whatever you want, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I got to like compare it to my life where it was like for the rest of my life, or at least for the next 30 years, maybe um, my life is going to be like solely about another person. And those, that person's needs this person that I don't know, this person yeah. <laughs> that like, is an, it was an alien one second ago. Yeah. <laughs> His needs are going to come before mine, no matter what. Um, and that's kind of like, it like shakes up your world a little bit. Yeah. And I but also like, I, I, like I said, I hate when people give advice about motherhood because it's like a really like, you'll figure it out on the way. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's kind of like, you just have to have like a fuck it. I tried my best mentality. Like you're going to do your best every day. And that looks different from day to day. But, uh, one thing that I do like sharing is like, I was super lonely, even though I like loved moments with me, Douglas and Atticus in the beginning. And it was really cozy some days when I was alone, just sitting there being like, this is my responsibility for the rest of my life. It is very lonely. And it's kind of like, you go through a slight depression and stuff in the beginning and that's normal. I didn't know it was normal. Um, it's just literally just like a chemical imbalance in your body. I didn't know that. And so that made it all the more scarier, but I think in my second pregnancy now knowing that I'm like, Oh, baby blues got me again. So <laughs> did you, did we'll you have postpartum depression or was it more just baby blues? Baby blues. It, I would say for me, it was over maybe like after a month, but mm-hmm. I think what stays with you is just being like confused as a young mom being like Mm -hmm. I want to like hang out with my girlfriends but I also know that I have a baby at home that am I allowed to do this like where what are the rules can someone tell me and then kind of just realizing that like you're just gonna have to figure that out on your own and like there's a lot of mom guilt you feel so guilty as a mom all the time um and I think that's stronger being a young mom because you're like I haven't done all these things I still want to do them I want to go to this concert but I also have a baby like how what are my priorities and is it wrong to still want to do this did do you think that you um prepared yourself for that before getting pregnant no I think and I think this is the type of thing you can't I didn't listen to being pregnant so like I you can't tell someone it's just kind of like your life is going to change a lot and like I kind of went through the mentality of like, I love kids. I know I want to be a young mom. So everything you're telling me, I know that might be true for you, but it's not going to be true for me. Yeah. And then just being like, oh man. You yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, but I think the thing for me too is like, I love change. So that doesn't scare me. That's good. That's and good. I think for some people it does. And I think that's why, you know, it could be hard. So I to hate change. So that's really good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because you chose to be a young mom, like you said, it was planned. Um, yeah did your what were your family's like reactions about it because I mean obviously cool. like your sister you have an older sister and your younger sister and I don't know if that's their plan but was it was it something that your family was on board with right away 
I would say very mixed okay. all around. Um, in a way, yes, because I vocally said I want to be a young mom for a very long time. So if someone were to guess who were to get pregnant first, I'm like 99% sure they would guess me. Yeah. Um, and then also because Douglas is so much older than me, um, my parents know him very, very well. We have like a very, I don't want to call it adult because what does that even mean? But like, we're very economically stable. We have an adult relationship. We have like a home all these different things that kind of like are nice having a kid. Yeah, you have a foundation. Um, we have a foundation and we have a good relationship. So I think my, when I told my parents, I told everyone on Christmas um, and as like a, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant type of thing. And I thought everyone was going to be excited. My parents are super excited. Um, my little brother and sister were very excited. My older sister was not excited. She was pissed. Really? <laughs> yeah. And I, it was a mix of things. We actually didn't speak for a while because of it but for her it was like first of all she kind of had hope that we were going to do that like that time of our life together and like she kind of hoped that it would happen maybe when we're like 27 28 something like that um and then the other side of it was she felt like okay now I like don't have my sister anymore like she's going to be a Mm -hmm. mom and like we like don't get to do all these fun things that I love doing together with her so it was it was very nice in a way and she like had to feel her the feelings she was feeling but I was obviously upset because I was pregnant and I was like you have to be happy for me because I literally want this really bad um but I stood my ground and she apologized and we were like she's totally obsessed with that I guess and we're closer than ever but I even from my friends it was very mixed some people were super excited some people were like you're pregnant yeah yeah uh uh, but I it really shows you who your true people are and like who your true friends are and the you'll also hate when people say this but I'm gonna say you'll notice like hopefully you'll be lucky enough to get like some really cool mom friends and that's like the best thing in the world the biggest blessing like I love my mom friends um because we're going through the same things in life and it's so much fun um and then I also love my non-mom friends I love being just 23 and hanging out with my other friends and talking about not child related things but I need those friends to respect that we're probably gonna have to hang out when it fits me or like we're probably gonna have to eat dinner a little bit earlier just so I'm not like super tired the next day when he wakes up at 5 (laughs) a.m. Right. And I think that's a learning curve. And I think like you said, it kind of weeds out like the people who are really there for you and want to be in your life. It'll be up and down. It'll be up and down. Right. And I feel like that's for anything in life too, but it just becomes so evident when you become a mother. Right. And I think, I think that's something that when I got pregnant, I didn't really realize. And I think that's why, I I mean, I, I feel like I realized it, but I didn't really realize it to the extent. I feel like that's why I kept it a secret with my, like, a, just to my immediate family for yeah. like five months. Um, because I, I, I guess I didn't really realize like, yeah, this is my journey and this is what I'm going through, but it also impacts other people. Uh-huh. Like my brother's going through the same thing. Like he, I mean, obviously is he, he's trying to be a professional golfer. His girlfriend's trying to be a professional soccer player. They're in a very okay. different stage of life. Yeah. And so when I told my brother that I was pregnant and that I was keeping the baby, he was very like, what yeah and I think I think I was very quick to be like what do you mean why like this is what I want like please don't question me don't ask about anything else like don't ask if I've considered my options like don't you know don't question me but I think something that I've learned as I've kind of gone through the pregnancy more is that like no this does impact other people and it does impact my relationships with people and I think it's a little naive to think like no everyone's just going to be on board with you 
yeah no I feel like that's a really really good way to explain it and I'm, I'm I thought the same way I was like I want to be pregnant and I'm gonna be a good mom and I love my life so I'm gonna everyone's happy for me yeah um exactly. and I think everyone at the end of the day is happy for you like people that care about you and people that matter are happy for whatever makes you happy right but I do realize like of course me being pregnant is gonna affect my sisters I can't hang out the same way I used to hang out when I sleep over at their house Atticus usually has to come and yeah then they don't sleep like yeah super super different um yeah but it's also like I'm closer with my family more than ever I have a I've always had like an, a phenomenal relationship with my parents it's better than ever yeah. um they like are the best grandparents in the world my sisters hang out with him all the time and adore him and same with my brother like I think what's cool for people being aunts and uncles too is like they get all the fun stuff and like you know the hard work but they get all the fun stuff right right okay so to wrap up motherhood then do you have any I know you don't like the the advice thing but maybe just like educational like resources that really helped you while you were pregnant or while you're um you know a mother or maybe just any tips for people just from your personal experience so I would say that like no one no one knows what the right thing to do literally i promise you not even your doctor that sounds crazy but like no one knows because I was lucky enough to go to um like some of my pregnancy appointments in the states and in Sweden and just seeing like two different cultures how they approach all of it is so different and then hearing about like how in Italy you can drink wine when you're pregnant or how um, in Japan they eat uh, sushi when they're pregnant or like all those different things that I was like, no, people are telling me, like I went in the hot tub all throughout my pregnancy. Yeah. I loved going to the hot tub. My doctor in the States were like, you're going to kill your baby. And I was like, (laughs) what are you talking about? And you're freaked out all the time. You're obviously, and I didn't want to be bad mom, but I felt in my heart, I guess like your gut feeling is really strong and like trust it because- I felt in my heart that I was, it was not a dangerous thing I was doing. There was tons of different things that I did when I was pregnant. I was like, this is fine. Mm-hmm. And same when you become a mom, I feel like I take people's advice and listen and like get all the help you can can and like get a cool support group that doesn't judge you, but ignore all the mom judgment and like all the mom guilt. Cause you're going to do the best thing that's going to happen for your kid. Um, know that you're gonna mess up sometimes like I'm 23 there were obviously times and maybe in other people's eyes I should have been hanging out with my kid than 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 like hanging out with my girlfriends but I know that like for me in in order for me to be a good mom I have to be feel good about myself and like feel good about the person I am and have fun I have to have fun so that makes me a better mom um and uh, I think that's my tips like no no one knows so just try your best and like I, I I have a tip though for you or for anyone moms listening um there is a youtuber that's super honest about pregnancy stuff she's really really cool her name is let me find her Jess Hover on Instagram okay. and she has a YouTube she doesn't have that many I mean she has 25,000 followers but she's not like famous or anything by any means I loved watching her videos they helped me a lot because she kind of just makes you feel better in general. What would you say is like a must-have for, you know, being a new parent? Just like products or baby products or even just products for you. What's like a must-have? 
I would say anything that you could like comfortably put your baby down and feel like that's safe. So like yeah, <laughs> like a, like those little baby Bjorn bouncers. Yep, Atticus like lived in that for a very long time just to give you the chance to like go shower or do yeah. your thing. Right. Um, I one of the best advices I got from the nurses before leaving the hospital, she was like, "A crying baby is a breathing baby," and so she told me she was like. If he's crying and he's in a stroller and you're about feel like you're about to go crazy, which you'll probably feel, she was like, This is okay. And she opens the bathroom door and she puts the stroller in there, like as a joke. And she closes the door and she was like, <laughs> And I was like, that's the best advice I've ever gotten because the crying baby's a breathing baby. And it's okay to be like, leave me alone for just like five right. seconds. Right. They're and not gonna I, die because they're in a stroller crying. <laughs> no. And I would I would be in the shower and like he would cry in the beginning. I would like run out naked and be like, are you okay? What's wrong? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, now I'm like, you're fine. I'm let yeah. me finish my shower. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then before we wrap up, I do want to talk about Let's Dance Sweden for a little bit. Woo! So tell me, is it just basically Sweden's version of Dancing with the Stars? Yeah, so it's, it's, that's literally what it is. It's Dancing with the Stars Sweden. We decided to call it Let's Dance because I think Dancing with the Stars started in, in England. And okay. I think Sweden bought the concept from them and just wanted to change the name. Um, and so it originated there. And I think everyone's just kind of like chosen their own way to call it. But it's, it's called Let's Dance here, but it's Dancing with the Stars. So then how were you approached to do that opportunity? So, I mean... For, I guess, obviously, for, like, people in the States looking at my Instagram from the outside looking in, it's just kind of like, oh, she has a lot of followers, like any other influencer. But since we did have a reality TV show and Sweden is a lot smaller, we are very, like, I want to say that's modest, but it also, like, isn't going to come out in a good way. But, like, we're very known, I guess. No, absolutely. You're very well known. Yeah. And so uh, I got the – they asked me um, in the fall, like, some cast – person for the tv show got my number and was like do you want to do it and I was like yes I do (laughs) um and it's the most fun I've ever had in my life so much fun so what it wasn't a tough decision at all for you to choose it wasn't I realized that I probably it was one of the toughest things I've ever done though but the best things I've ever done so the time you put on it is like you're down you're me okay let's say you're practicing which I practice at least let's say four hours a day mm-hmm. um but then you have like all the photo shoots and the PR stuff and the interviews right. and the events and like you want to hang out with your dance partner because like me and my dance partner we're like best friends now um and you want to hang out with all the other dancers and all the other celebrities and like you get to know each other you become this little family and you're in this bubble and then for me it was hard being like but I also have a family and I also yeah. have a son that's very young and I also have um my fiance that I love so much and like it was hard to like include them in like this little very cool life that I was living and also I thought it was cool being like a new mom and not feeling super sexy or like super young and flirty and sexual being like I get to wear these cute little (laughs) outfits that I get to dance and I get to get my makeup done and I get to feel pretty and it sounds shallow but like it made me feel so good no yeah um and I get to work out and I get endorphins and all that stuff. So I think it was the hardest thing I've ever done because it's the first time I was not like full-time being a mom. And it kind of made me realize I, I want to work and like I love working. And it made me like face all this mom guilt that people feel um, like working and being a mom. And this is all just like made up stuff because no one ever has asked Douglas how he right. manages working and dad life ever. Yeah. 
Um, but that's like the only thing I question I got was like, oh my God, how are you here? And you have a kid. I'm like, well, I have a fiance too. And he's perfectly capable of taking care of him. And I think um, I, I'm, I'm under the, like the impression that it's like, just because you have a kid doesn't mean that your priorities and your needs go away. And I think, I think people as a, expect it to be like that. And yeah. that's what makes you so kind of so lost. And you feel like shit all the time because you're like, you're not supposed to take care of yourself whatsoever. But I'm like, I need to take care of myself for me to be a good mom. Right. Like I can't be a good mom and not like love and take care of myself. No, it's, you gotta do that. You gotta do the work to show up better for your kid. And I feel like that means that you have to, you know, go and work and do something that makes you happy, but also like, you know, provide and be a good mom. Like that's, that's what you do. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think my mentality through it was also, I felt very strong going through it because in the beginning um, Douglas had to be in the States to work. And I was like, I want to take Atticus cause it just feels like the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was alone with him for a month plus dancing, plus like doing all this stuff. And I felt like superwoman. Like I was like, I can't believe I am doing this and that yeah. women have to do this all the time. That's terrible. And some men too, but, um, I can't believe I'm like capable of doing this. So it didn't give me a lot of confidence too. Cause I was like, how, how cool am I and how strong yeah. am I? Um, and then it also gave me the mentality of like, Atticus, you're, I don't want to say you're living my life, but you are going to come along for the ride until you get yeah. to decide your own decisions. And like, I'm going to dance. So then you get to come with me and you get to hang out here. Or like, I want to go to dinner. Okay. Then you're going to come along and you're sitting in the stroller. Also, he's or not going to remember. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's, he no. doesn't know what's going on. And I feel like too often people get wrapped up in like his bedtime is at this time and this needs to be happening here. And I'm like, but I want to like, even just, I want to sleep over at my parents' house sometimes because I think it's fun here in mm-hmm. Sweden. Like my, my little sister, and my brother live with them during the summers. And I was like, I love hanging out with them. I want to sleep over. I want to be able to him to be there and it not be seven o'clock and like me freaking out being like, he needs to go to bed and he doesn't have his own bed and how is he going to fall asleep? I want him to be kind of like go with the flow. Um, And that I think I learned a lot just to be like, I can't control life. We're just going to have to figure this out together and um, kind of like just have fun and not take it too seriously. Right. So are you still, are you still filming for the show at all or is it over? Uh, Which one? Dancing with the Stars? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's over. So they, they had a winner. Um, one of my friends that, or she became my friend, one of the dancers, she won and this singer. Um, so we had like the, the winner party and uh, something to know, Sweden's not on lockdown whatsoever. Never was. No, so <laughs> we, did, we haven't well, had a lot. Cause I looked up, I looked up a few dances and there weren't any people there. Because- we didn't have an audience. Okay. So we have, we have rules, obviously it's not like it's a free for all, but yeah. you're not allowed <laughs> to have gatherings with over 50 people or something like that. So I was supposed to get married this summer and that isn't happening. Okay. Um, but Sweden is handling it very different. And I think I like the way we're handling it, yeah. but I guess we'll find out when it's all over who did it the best, but um, we're also a very small country, so I feel like it's easier for you, for if you give a set of rules, people are probably most likely going to follow them, Right. Where in the States, it's like obviously a lot harder because there's so many people who are right. going to do different things. So you guys didn't have lockdown, but you guys weren't allowed to have an audience? 
at the we weren't allowed to have an audience which also made us a lot closer like I would say that we had to root for each other yeah it's a competition and it and it feels like a competition it feels very serious and we had to root for each other um so much and like cheer each other on so it, it was really cool I'm I'm happy I did it it was one so of the best times how far did you get in the competition um so I came fifth place congrats that's awesome thanks 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 it felt good I wish I went obviously a little further yeah um j- just because that would be cool but I'm so happy that all of my dances and like everything I got to do and it's cool because every week had a theme so you really got to I got to talk about certain things and like I did one dance that was about motherhood um, to like the Make You Feel My Love Adele song mm. where I talked about like that I didn't feel a lot when he was first was born and that how important for me it is to be honest about that. But also like one day he's going to understand that I tell stories about yeah. <laughs> love him when he came out and he'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I wanted to say like, even though that's a normal feeling and a lot of women go through it, I want him to know now that I love him so much and I love him more than anything. And it's unexplainable how much I love him. So, um, I danced with that and I got to dance for my little sister one dance. And like, I got to do a disco dance. It, it, it was so much fun. I love that. And you weren't a dancer before this, right? Oh my gosh. I was terrible. So bad. <laughs> so bad. So I learned we, although we, I came to Sweden in January and we had, I think a little bit over two months to practice and then the show started. Um, so that was obviously you learn a lot and you get paired up with an amazing professional dancer. Um, mine, his name is Jacob and he's mm-hmm. incredible. and like one of my best guy friends now. So what was your favorite dance that you did? Oof. I would say the dance I did for Atticus to make you feel my loved one, partly for the message that was obviously cool, but mo- it was called a rumba. Um, and I just loved that dance. And I have to admit, I was very good at it, which made me feel good. <laughs> yeah. And it was a very like, sensual sexy I would say like feminine womanly Mm. dance and it just made me feel really powerful and really good about myself and kind of like after giving birth getting like getting my 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 sexiness back and feeling like good about myself felt really good (laughs) that's so fun Okay, so to wrap up this episode, I want you to kind of speak about what's happening next for you. Like, what do you see for you in the future in 2020 and 2021? What's going on? So there's a lot. We were supposed to get married this summer. That's not happening. So we're going to do that 2021 if we can. Um, And then we want to move to Sweden. So that move, I've never lived in Sweden. So I've only visited during the summer, all summer. So that would be a big thing for me, which would be really cool. Um, in Sweden, I also have the chance to work more, like even more than full time, which would yeah. be fun to try. Um, and also just like I was saying in the beginning, this it, everything just works here. So like since school would be free, I could put him in a daycare right away. Um, I could work. We could both both work and like feel good about ourselves, enjoy our lives. Um, secondly, I want to get pregnant again. Uh, so we were like, if we're not getting married this summer, maybe we'll get pregnant this summer. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I've heard with your second kid, it's kind of harder to get pregnant sometimes. Mm. Um, but we want to see if that's something that would happen. But I said, we have a cutoff date where it's like, I, I'm getting married next summer. So yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be pregnant at my wedding. Um, right. So we have a cutoff 
date to be like, it's, if it doesn't happen, we'll try again after our wedding. Right. And then briefly, I want you to touch on your other platforms because I know you do other things besides just Instagram, like YouTube and podcasts. So kind of tell people what those are yeah. about. Yeah. So I, I have a YouTube channel um, where I basically just vlogs, um, but it's all in Swedish, unfortunately. I, yeah, I was going uh, so to think... ask you that because I remember one time a while back, if you, you were like, do you guys want more English content? And of course- I was going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Me being American, I'm like, yes, <laughs> more English. <laughs> yes. but... um, I was going to do it in English, but also it would just kind of be stupid of me to do it in English when like, I make money in Sweden. Um, right. But- uh, that's in Swedish, but they're, I like them. They're fun. But yeah. <laughs> then I have a podcast with my older sister. We've had it for like four years now. Wow. Uh, and also, unfortunately, in Swedish. But that one's about our lives. It's about love and heartbreak and motherhood and sisterhood and feminism and politics and all of the above, sex, everything. We talk literally about everything. We're super, super honest. And then I would say like where I'm most active is my Instagram. And that's where I kind of share everything about me in my life. And you share more English content on your Instagram. <laughs> I do. I do. It's yeah. more, more. Do people in Sweden speak mostly, most of them speak English? Uh, everyone speaks English here. Everyone's okay. like really good at English. So even if I were to post in English, it would be fine. But just now right. that I'm here so much too, it feels like I'm just like even starting to like think in Swedish. So really? Yeah. So a lot's good in, in Swedish, but I'll keep you in mind when I post stuff. Hopefully. Exactly. Yeah. English content is for Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, let everybody know where they can find you on Instagram, like your Instagram handle. Okay. So my Instagram is Penny Parnovic, but with two Y's. Um, and uh, yeah, it's P-E-N-N-Y-Y and then P-A-R-N-E-V-I-K. And then YouTube um, is just Penny Parnovic. Penny Parnovic, exactly. And then podcast. I mean, if we have any Swedish listeners who don't if know you who have you are, Swedish listeners, it is a pillow talk with Peg and Penny. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Penny. Well, thank you for having me. So this fun. was so much fun. Thank you.